Welcome to another episode of the Awakening Bodies Podcast. On today's conversation, Lauren and I get vulnerable. Some of the things that you will hear on the conversation today, most people have never heard before. We haven't shared it with a lot of people intentionally, but now we know that our biggest breakdown has become our biggest breakthrough. And through that process, we've been able to gain some lessons and insights that we believe can be of support to anybody in a relationship. We explore the idea of full ownership and responsibility, the idea of vulnerability, and how we can dive into deeper connection with ourselves as we connect within each other. We're really glad that you're here. Let's dive in. Oh, this is exciting, baby. This is. This is so nostalgic right now. Yeah, for the listeners out there, want to create the space where we're sitting at right now. Yeah, so we're currently in New Jersey. We're sitting at a park that we used to come to all the time in Spring Lake, New Jersey, and it is so beautiful. The weather is great and, yeah, just really enjoying the breeze and this present moment. Yeah, it's beautiful to be back in this area after being in our new home for such a long time. Now being here, it's nostalgic to experience this beautiful place that we used to spend so much time in, the, the park that we're sitting at. I know for me was a place of solace that I used to come and just sit under a tree and read and pray and meditate. And it served as a really big healing space for me. It served as a big opportunity for me to dive deeper into myself, what I wanted to create, what I wanted to do, what I wanted to become. So to be here right now with you and to be sharing this experience with you is awesome. Yeah. And, you know, we were trying to, we were just discussing like, what, what's the topic of this week? And we decided that, you know, we haven't really shared our journey in our relationship. And as you said that to me, I was like, yeah, that would be nice. But it's even more powerful because we're doing it in this location. And yeah, yeah it just feels, feels good. <laughs> so just a, a disclaimer, we're going to get vulnerable. Um, as vulnerable as I guess our limits will allow personally, individually, obviously no shame, no guilt. There's no discomfort here that we're looking to get ourselves in, but we're looking to share a journey. We're looking to be open with you in regards to how Lauren and I have developed this relationship that we're currently on. We're 10 years deep and out of those 10 years, we're about to hit three years on September 12th of being married. And it's uh, pretty surreal to even think about being with you for the past 10 years the way in which we built this relationship i would say out of those 10 years maybe for me personally maybe four of those were non-chosen years and we'll get more into detail as to what i mean with (laughs) non-chosen yeah and i i am really grateful that we are having this conversation because i feel like it's so easy to look at someone's life through the lens of social media and think that they have it all figured out and they have like perfect lives or they don't go through challenges. And I know we talk about this all the time, but we try to be as open and transparent as possible. But even to this day, like I make assumptions of people and then I meet them and I'm like, oh, cool, like you're human. And so the intention of this is really to just bring the human to our lives and to, to, yeah, to what we're going to explore and who we are. Cool. So let's talk with relationship, intimate romantic relationship. This is a, a an episode that is going to focus on spouse slash boyfriend girlfriend slash you opening yourself up to receiving that same kind of commitment from somebody else. For you, Lauren, in regards to creating a this relationship that we're on, which is one of commitment, what would you say has been the biggest um, 
the biggest challenge that you first experienced? Oh man, I mean, I feel like there's a lot. I feel like I just need to give some context to like how we met to begin with. And oh. that can kind of kick it off. So we met in, 2000, in 2013 <laughs> and I simply met Sebastian. I thought I was going to a party <laughs> and I grabbed a few of my friends. We filled up our water bottles of alcohol. I had a delayed opening for school the next day. I was a senior in high school. And I walk in this guy's house. And meanwhile, also like context clues, I live in I lived in Point Pleasant. So Point Pleasant was like its own little bubble. Like you do not leave Point Pleasant. And so I was going to this quote unquote party in Tom's River, which like is only really like 20 minutes away. But that was like a big deal. So like grabbed all my friends, grabbed our belongings and we went and we walked in this store and there was just like seven people around a table no alcohol <laughs> no one was partying at all and i looked to my friend and i was like what is this and we sit down like a formal business meeting i'm like in like booty shorts at this time <laughs> and they start breaking down this network marketing company and i was like you got to be kidding me like this is fun but here i am like let's just make the most of it so I'm just like swinging my water bottle filled with alcohol and passing it with all my friends and just being a smart ass. <laughs> I was really just trying to like knock them off of their game because I thought it was absolute BS. <laughs> and that night I went home. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you do so, it was actually hysterical because I remember so vividly. Number one, the way that they were sh they were brought to the house was not what was instructed. So from the very beginning, the the, the lens was completely off. I remember so vividly speaking about what we were sharing and sharing the opportunity of owning your own business on and so forth, network marketing. If you've ever been in the industry, you know what I'm talking about. And I remember Lauren. Uh, she was not wearing booty shorts. I would have remembered that. But I remember Lauren is just swigging, swigging. I'm like, oh, these guys are drinking. Like these guys came prepared to party. And Lauren starts asking these questions. The questions that she was asking, she was trying to derail us. Now, little did she know that the questions she was asking were actually curiosity questions. These were questions that were starting to, I knew from her questions that something of what we were saying was actually landing on her side. <laughs> Even though she was uh, in a way trying to get us off course and asking these questions to be a smart ass, she was asking questions that obviously showed that she was interested or at least intrigued by this situation. Yeah, yeah. And my ex was there. I meant your ex. My ex was there at the time. Yep. Yeah. So I went home that night and I was definitely tipsy. <laughs> and I just start doing some research and I start like really digging into what they were saying and to see like if it was actually legit. And I saw Dr. Oz and what they were talking about and how he was recommending the products. And I was like, wow, like what if this actually is legit? Mm -hmm. So fast forward a few months later, I ended up forgiving my friend who brought me and then I went to another event I really connected with it long story short I enrolled in the company and that's when Sebastian became my mentor and at this time again we were dating other people and it was very professional for like two months <laughs> and then we just define professional what do you mean like it was a very professional relationship. It was it was very distinct in regards to what we were yeah. and what we were doing. Line. Yeah, you were my mentor. Yeah. yeah, and then you know we were becoming very intimate, not romantically, but intimate with one another and what we wanted for our lives. And 
and it wasn't just us two. There was uh, about five other people that were continuously spending time together, talking First about time. our dreams, talking about our goals, talking about our ambitions, learning together. We had a book club. We had a whole thing put together. So like it was a very intimate space between Lauren and I and others, which I think is important because it wasn't just you and I. Yeah. Like there was a community in which our relationship started to build upon that started to build a really strong, solid foundation as to who we are today. Yeah, for sure. And then time went on and I just, we became very connected and I was like, wow. And I realized that the relationship that I was in was very toxic. It was not serving me. And it was honestly the first time I've been around a group of people that were so open-minded and desiring to grow and expand and also just having a great time without drinking. And like, don't get me wrong, we had our fair share of partying and drinking, but it was so much more exhilarating, like the conversations that I was in. And so I knew, and my boyfriend at the time was so against it, he did not care for it at all. And I just realized like this was like a huge moment in my life where I could keep going down the same path that I'm on and continuing to get the same results, which wasn't really taking me anywhere. Or I could switch things up a little bit. And that's when I took the leap of faith. And again, we just continued to cultivate our relationship more and more. And then we we hit it off. <laughs> yeah, which was um, for me, not expected. Now, Lauren was definitely an outlier from the very beginning. Even from the questions she was asking us, she was trying to be uh, as throwing us off. She was an outlier. And as I got too deep in my relationship with her, I started to realize that here's a, a woman that is ambitious. She's hungry. She's driven. She she's fun. She had this this desire to expand and to grow. And remember very vividly, we had finished in the bed, and I said something that was very direct to her in regards to where she was at, and. It led her to make a choice of ending one one relationship to focus on herself. And it's cool because now here we are 10 years later. And again, this is it, it was never my intent to even be with you. It was never my intent for me to date you. My full intent was to build a dream, build a, build a, a completely different lifestyle. Yeah. And at the time that I met Lauren, I was with Samantha Franco, who is no longer with us, alive here on planet Earth. And my intent was never to date anybody else. When, when Sam and I, when I knew that Sam and I relationship was done, at that point, I was just looking to build my dream, build my, build my, this potential business that coming from Colombia as an immigrant, I never knew I could even do that. So when that possibility opened up, it was like, whoa, there's a hole in the world that's available to me. And this is again where Lauren and I, and I'll also throw in here Alex Lorenzo, love him, look forward to seeing him soon. He was also very driven, very focused. We were consistently spending time together. So fast forward now, here we are. Well, even to go, because I think there's still so much there too, because it it allowed us to grow so much within that time period. And we came across a really rocky road. Yeah. And that was, I mean, you kind of just glazed over it, but that's a huge part of our story and just how we've developed into who we are now with Samantha. Sure. Yeah. We can go into detail on that. Yeah. So Samantha, she got diagnosed with uh, synovial sarcoma, stage four, and very serious cancer, very uh, aggressive. And this was right after you guys closed the doors, yep. right? You broke up, but yep. she was still around because she was part of the business. Yep, yep. In fact, she was actually, she still had some stuff that was at my parents' house because she was living with us at one point in time. 
So yeah, we, we had realized and come to the conclusion that our relationship was, was complete and there was no, no other way around it really. And about two weeks after we came to this conclusion of our relationship intimately, we found out that she had this type of, that she had this, this, this cancer. And that was definitely a challenge for, for Lorna and I, because of course. I mean, at that time, I wouldn't even say it was two weeks. It was a little bit longer than you guys. Cause I think you guys ended in July and then she got diagnosed like late September, October. I don't know. I do. I'm a woman. I remember. But it was a while. Yeah. yeah. It, it was a while. And at this point in time, again, Lauren and I were still very professional. We're still very focused on the business. There was some sparks that were being thrown here and there. Uh, she had also broken up with her boyfriend. She realized that it wasn't the relationship for her at the time. So it started to, you know, naturally navigate. We, we used to travel. We used to be with uh, other people going to different events. So again, the adventure, the fun, all of that started to really yeah. through something. Yeah, but I think also at that time, it's so funny, like our different perspectives on this. I love this, yeah. yeah, yeah. This is good to talk about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because like when Sam, when we found out that Sam got diagnosed, during this time period, I mean, yeah, you were still my mentor, but we were becoming more than just that. It was like we had like really intimate, special time together. And at that time when Sam found out, I remember being like, please go be with her. Mm -hmm. Like... Go like if I was in that situation, even with my ex, who I've been there with him for like three years, and I know you were with Sam for like two and a half, three. three years. Like I would want my significant other, even if we were done, to like still be there. And so I remember being like, "Please, like, go be with her." But I think the door was already closed, and it's not that you guys didn't have a good relationship. I mean, she obviously wanted to be with you still, and you made the decision that it just wasn't what you wanted at that time. Um, Well, honestly, to be fully transparent with you and everybody, Sam wanted a long-term relationship. Sam wanted to have children with me. Sam wanted to build a family with me. At the time, that scared me. At the time, that thought of commitment to that extent was way off my radar. I was afraid of what what that even looked like. Now, fast forward a couple of years, I started to understand that I had some... some, residual experience that was still present in my experience with Sam, which had me not see the love that she had. Remember very vividly, Sam told me, and this is where Fate Loves a Fearless comes in for anyone that's seen that. Uh, she was telling me that you got to allow yourself to fully feel love and to love fully. Because I was afraid of fully allowing that in. I was afraid of actually giving that. I was afraid of what it looked like. I didn't know what actual true love looked like. No way. I was 22, 23 years old. I didn't Having kids, being and building a family, no way. I mean, I'm still getting out of my diapers today, 32 <laughs> years old. So it's it was definitely a big challenge for me in regards to having somebody so committed to us and for me in this place of real fear. Like, that's what it came down to. There was a sense of fear, non-committal. I don't want to be here. Yeah. Yeah. And so she got diagnosed in like September, October. It all happens like very, very fast. And meanwhile, again, she's part of the business and she's someone that I look up to as well. And it was really challenging for me because I didn't, I'm not that type of person that like wants to go out and steal your man. Like that's not who I am. But we just had such a deep connection where it was, it was challenging. It was, it was very, very challenging at that time. And 
we kind of kept it hush hush that we were like still talking and going around the bush. And then long story short, she ended up um, passing away in May. And so again, just that whole journey, it allowed us something so dramatic happened at such a short period of our relationship that in, that enforced us to grow up relatively fast. Totally. Which then we realized the importance of healing from past traumas because yeah. we didn't really know what that looked like. We didn't really know how to do that. We thought we were doing that. And we realized jumping right into our relationship without giving us time to heal, even from my previous relationship, that kind of, it diluted our experience being together, I would say for like two-ish years. Yeah, for sure. It's it's remained there. And as our journey of Lauren and I continues to unfold through this conversation, same continues to pop into my life yeah. consistently. So yeah, let's, let's, let's keep moving. Cool. God bless Sam. Yeah. And her family. All right. So what's the next chapter? Yeah. So the next chapter at that point in time, here we are now, we started to, I saw, I got involved with door to door. This is when I started to expand my sales experience and started selling solar. Shortly after that, I'm living in Belmar with Vinny and, and Alex, two beautiful friends, God bless. Shortly after that, uh, Lauren is in the apartment with me. And um, <laughs> I had no idea how it happened. I didn't know how quickly it, it, it took place. I didn't know, like, do I tell her no? Like, there was a lot. And again, this is from me to you, the listener, very clearly communicating with you that I wasn't in a place of, compu- of, of, of choosing. I said before, choosing. A couple of those years were not choosing. That was an experience I didn't choose. Yeah, kind of just happened. I remember like one of my close friends at the time, he was like, oh, he's moving out. Well, you know, you're the girlfriend. You could just like move in too. And I was like, oh, that's how that works. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll start putting my clothes there and have a toothbrush. And literally what happened. And I remember very vividly the conversation between Alex and me were like, yeah, so uh, Lauren is uh, living here now or what? And I remember sitting at the couch like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and they're jokingly like, well, she got paid rent, huh? And obviously it was like, it's, there, there's a lot of things that were happening, a big dynamic of uncommunicated expectations that weren't openly shared, which started to create this, this soup of, uh, not the best ingredients. So, yeah. and, and just, again, the timeline, we got to, I think it's more for us to share the timeline between when we started to be serious in, or you want to figure out the timeline. No, no, no. You're I'm terrible with the timeline. Forget that. Yeah. Forget that. So now I'm living in Belmar. Lauren is apparently living with me. And this is, for me, a big lesson now that if I would have told Lauren, hey, Lauren, let's not live together yet. It's too soon. I think I would have had a different dynamic for myself in the relationship. Yeah. Because I didn't know. And again, this is for my listeners out there. I didn't know the importance of setting boundaries. I thought that the best thing for me to do was to do whatever I needed to do for Lauren to be happy, even, even if that included something that was not in alignment with myself. At the time of Lauren moving in with me, I remember so vividly, I'd never lived out of my parents' house. I'd never been, lived by myself. I'm living in awesome Belmar, New Jersey, which if you've never been, go. But now here is somebody else in my bedroom. Here I am. I have to now be, be hushed as I'm trying to go to sleep because yes. Lauren's sleeping in the same bedroom. Here we are living in, in the living room, having to lower the, the, the volume of the TV because Lauren's trying to sleep. Like all of these things were things that I did not choose. And because I didn't choose them, it also started to create resentment yeah. towards Lauren. Again, in the moment, this was completely unknown. This is completely subconscious. This is completely in the in the unspoken. 
but it's there. Yeah, and I remember being like, why are we so distant right now? Like, how come? And then I eventually did fully move in and I was on the lease like yep. the following year. But during that time period, it was like, wait, we're living together and like, I don't feel like as connected. And I think all relationships go through that honeymoon phase, right? We're probably on like year three right now of being in our relationship. And you mean back then, like, yeah, 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 yeah definitely not now. Um, and yeah, just the spark was fading and the excitement wasn't there. And we obviously went through the the challenges that we did. And I was like, I'm craving love. I'm craving connection. But it wasn't present. But I was really holding on to what we used to be. Yeah. And that's what like really continued for me to, to, to show up in our relationship. Mm-hmm. But it was coming from such a place of force. Mm-hmm. And it was like. We were in quicksand and we didn't even realize we were in quicksand. Yep. Yep. It's like the way I see it is, um, you ever been in um in a, it is this is literally coming to me right now. You ever been in a in a pool of balls, a ball pit? Yeah. Right? And you're trying to run to the other side, but you can't because there's things in the way. Yeah. That's how a relationship felt at the time. Yeah. There was so much that was in between us both that it was challenging for me to be myself. And again, mind you, I still didn't even know who I was. I, I had not taken the time, I'd not taken really the true commitment to self-reflection to understand who I wasn't, who I wasn't. So how could I potentially ever be who I <laughs> could be with Lauren? Yeah. So this is where, in that time frame, when Lauren is now officially in, on the lease, officially in the house, again, mind you, I still didn't choose that. From my experience, it just happened. So just mind the disempowerment that is re- uh, beneath the surface there. And... It, when we're living together, it's the beginning of the end. That was the beginning of the end of the relationship as we knew it. That was the beginning of old identities fading away. The beginning of emotion and feeling, which is so fluid, to again be diminished. Yeah. So then, fast forward. We're now- so fast forward. We're both living there, and I also was at this place. I was only twenty years old at this time, too. Like I couldn't even go out, so it was actually really challenging and I feel terrible now because I would like encourage you to stay home and not go out with everyone to stay home with me and like and and I would do it because again from my perspective that's what a good boyfriend does yeah and if you didn't like it would be a problem and I would just be immature about it Uh, um yeah for sure of course and yeah I I owned my personal training studio at the time but I just remember being in a place of like I don't even really want this I don't want a brick and mortar place and long story short with that it ended up um we closed our doors in the best way possible because the landlord didn't have the permits for us to be there and so I was at this place of like I want to make money like I'm poor I just need to make money and I saw everyone in the household everyone was part of the solar company and I heard stories of pe- people making a lot of money in the solar company. So I was like, I'm on board. Like, let's go. And that was so, for us three in the house at the time, excluding you, that was the most that we've earned. Yeah. Till that time period. Yeah. So now not only am I living with them, but now we're all working together. <laughs> and again, this is where things kind of got messy because our lives, our lives just intertwined in so many different ways. And we weren't. We didn't choose it, number one, and we weren't healed from our past experiences. There's no boundaries. Yeah. It was so entangled. It was. And so to go back to what I was saying earlier, like I was craving that sense of love. I was craving that sense of connection. 
which led me down to a path, which I've never really openly shared this before, and I'm grateful that I finally am now, but it led me to a path of infidelity, and it was a really challenging time um, because it was with someone who was part of our friend group, part of the the door knocking industry as well, and it was hard because it was like I was craving this loving connection, but I wanted it so badly from Sebastian. And so in my human flesh and my humanness, I went seeking in other places and I kept that a secret. I kept it a secret for a long time. Yeah. Thank you for sharing all this. Mm-hmm. I know that for a while this was, and now you've done a lot of healing around this, but I remember how challenging it was to speak about this. And for you to have this right now recorded for millions of people to listen to, I totally see a whole new view. Thank you. And this is also for me, full responsibility, full ownership, always most important in relationships. And I learned this throughout this journey. I too, at the time was very disconnected from Lauren. Obviously she didn't feel it. I was looking elsewhere for ways of connection. I started dancing. This is when I joined a, a hip hop company, which was super healing for me. It was really supportive to me at the time. I was uh, creative, exploring new avenues. However, it did become a crutch. That was the way in which I would release and that was the way in which I would connect. That was the way in which instead of me turning my attention to Lauren to gain affection, I was seeking it from somewhere else. It was my creative expression. It was things that I love to do. It was fun. It was different. It was new. So of course, dancing became my new relationship. The focus went from being in being with Lauren to now being in a relationship with dancing, which obviously doesn't work, Mm -hmm. which led to like Lauren just shared, take those actions that she took. And this has been for us a really big, big healing journey because it's a full, again, one of the things else full, and I'm going to say it again, ownership and responsibility. It's so important because if we didn't take full ownership of what we both did individually, if we didn't take that responsibility on, we would both be right. And because we would both be right, we wouldn't be here. Yeah. Remember very vividly when we were going through, we went through one, <laughs> one couples therapy session with Phil and not Dr. Phil, different Phil. <laughs> and he asked me, do you, would you rather be connected or would you rather be right? And this is one of the few questions that Phil asked, which and God bless. Thank you, Phil. But in that moment, I realized that I could either be right or I could be connected. I'd rather be connected. I'd rather choose to be with Lauren because in the moment I realized that this was the time for me to be with her. And when I say in the yeah. moment, there was a time in between we moved back. We moved out of the house that we were in. Yeah, I think we need a backup. Separated groups. <laughs> okay, so let's back up. So now the truth comes out. You tell me what's going on. Yeah, the truth comes what out. Happened. What happened? Because at this point, it was like a year. I kept it a secret. And it was really interesting how it was manifesting in my body and also how our relationship, like I was like, why aren't we doing well? Meanwhile, I had this huge secret that I was keeping in for such a long time. And not to mention, like, it was someone that definitely stepped over the line. I mean, I'll say to this extent, like, I felt that connection with the guy that it happened with. However, looking back, I realized that we all have different types of connections with people and there's a line. And then when it's crossed, that connection is gone. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, let's talk about the importance of uh, discerning uh, a romantic connection versus a human-to-human soul connection. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, I think we all have a level and a sense of connectedness to one another. And some people, it's heightened, while other people, it's not. And I think it's very easy, especially in today's day and age where, you know, Tinder is a thing and people are going out on so many different dates where they'll feel that spark in the beginning, but they didn't even really align their values and like who that person really is. And they just go off of the feeling instead of like, is this actually workable in my existence? Like, do I actually really want this? And so in that moment, I took that connectedness as like someone's giving me attention someone's giving me love like not even love someone's giving me attention essentially um but yeah I mean there was definitely a boundary that was crossed yes I could have left I mean I said no a few different times and um but again it was all on me I had a choice to leave um yeah yeah and this is key because this this valley that we move has actually become a huge strength of ours for sure because now we can both have very close very intimate friends of the opposite sex and we're very clear as to when a line is is being crossed and i don't even think that it, it ever gets there no. i think the the i think the the expectation and the relationship is created in such a container where there isn't even any fear of crossing boundaries crossing lines because it's very yeah. clear which, again, it only got to that point because we've done so much work around this. And so, again, to backtrack a little bit, like after a year, I came and shared. And then we took time apart. We moved back home yep. to our parents' houses, which was such an incredible experience for the both of us. It sucked. Really? But, then, but it, at first, only at first. I mean, I, yeah, I told first. myself I'd never be back in my parents' house at 23 because I was going to be a multimillionaire by 30. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I am 25 years old, back in my parents' house with no friend group, no work. Well, not work. I, I left the company I was at. It just, I was, it was so entangled again. There was a bunch of yeah. knots all over the place. True. That's a good point. Our friendships fell apart. Our work fell apart. And it was just like recreating from scratch. And for me, living back at my parents' house was this time where it was like, I get to recreate who I am. And during this period, a few months back, Sebastian found Landmark which I know we've mentioned it a few times on this podcast, but he was fully immersed. And so would you mind just sharing your experience? Because when sure. you found out you were in very um, oh yeah a committed program. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, and I can't endorse the program enough. I don't get paid for any of it at all. It's really been one of the most transformative experiences that has ever uh, come into my life. What started out as a three and a half day journey uh, became a four year plus because I'm, I still take seminars every now and then. But in the moment when Lauren shared with me what was going on, I remember so vividly it was a Friday after Friday morning, Friday or Thursday. I don't remember the day. I remember because like it was like the weekend was about to come, which was in a way bittersweet, bitter because door knocking, that's the best time to knock, sweet because it's the weekend. I get to drink. (laughs) So bittersweet. And Lauren tells me and I have to go, oh, yes, it was a weekend because I had to go into the city for one of. The, pro- the program that I was in in the moment with Landmark was called SELP, Self-Expression Leadership Program. And the way that it worked is every single month, we would spend a weekend as a group in the, in the center. The center was in New York for this particular program. When Lauren told me, it was one of the weekends where I was going to go into the city. And I remember so vividly she told me, and I was like, wow, well, this couldn't be any more divine 
for me to be going into this this weekend for the program. That was my initial thought. And the secondary thought was, forget that. I'm not going to go. I'm just going to go and spend some time in Central Park. That was just my second thought. So through through all of Landmark's methodology, now we always talk about responsibility. It's one of the key tenets. Another one is, is story reality, being mindful of what we make mean versus what actually is. So here I am. Lauren tells me this. I drive into the city. And this is now Saturday morning. I call my coach, Red, Sarah, Sarah Labonte. God bless. Love you. And she hears a card. She's like, I tell her I'm not coming in. She's like, yeah, you are. Absolutely, you are. I know you to be a big human being. I don't know what's going on in your life, but you are absolutely coming into the center. I hear the cars. Goodbye. See you soon. She hung up the phone. Um, literally a two-minute walk from the center. I just needed somebody to push me. Walk into the fo- Walk into the center. She's waiting for me at the door. She asks me what happens. I tell her. She says, great. I have a request of you. Go, t- go tell everybody uh, when uh, Larry starts the session. And I didn't want to do that because shame, guilt, embarrassment. I just wanted to sit in the back of the classroom at that time and just kind of just fade in, be in my own thoughts and not be there really. However, from her request, and this is so key if you're ever in a place where you're being challenged by somebody through her request of stepping up into the classroom, it literally shifted within that one day, my whole experience that was to come with Lauren. Because I get up in front of the classroom, I share what happened, and then Larry, being the, the, the hammerhead that he is, starts to really ask me some questions. And this is when I started to realize that what had happened, while Lauren had a responsibility of actions to take, it was also on me because I completely disconnected from the relationship. Again, mind you, responsibility. It opened up for me where I had completely stopped paying attention to a relationship, where I stopped paying attention to myself, where I stopped paying attention to what really mattered, and I was looking elsewhere for these distractions, for these numbing mechanisms so that things would be fine. Not good, just fine. Fine enough where I didn't have to take any action on, but obviously not good enough where I was actually enlivened and passionate about life. Through that weekend, I realized, okay, because when Lauren first told me, it was like, okay, forget this. I'm done with this relationship. I'm going to move out of the house. And like, that's it. And that's just nothing else. That was my initial thought. Yeah. After the weekend, it was this, okay, I had my responsibility throughout this journey. It doesn't make Lauren right for what she did. It also doesn't make me wrong for what I did. We're just humans. We make choices and choices of consequences. Yeah. And I really appreciate you looking at it from that lens. I remember like you shifting in that moment. And it was really beautiful because I was, there was so much shame and guilt that was over my experience. And then for you to come back and say, like, you take responsibility in that, I remember it broke my heart even more because I was just like, oh my gosh, you're such an incredible human being. And at this time, too, I wanted to do Landmark. Sebastian was such a big advocate for it. And there was something in my soul wanting to grow and develop because we built our relationship off of that. But I had so much resistance because I knew that if I were to ever go through that, I would have to tell the truth. And I had every fiber in my being wanting to just go to the grave with this. And talk about really being disconnected I was actually in that moment, I was so connected to my intuition, but I was disconnected from the action. Mm. And I remember like this is right there. Wow. Yeah. I remember just like being in such deep prayer and mm. meditation, asking God just to like support me. And 
that's, it was just the constant, say the truth, say the truth, say the truth. And I, I literally felt paralyzed. I felt like I couldn't. Um, and so once when this was finally out and like, I was, I, I said what I needed to say, the amount of weight that came off of my shoulders, I didn't even really know I was carrying all that at that time. Yeah. It was like, wow, I was denying such a huge part of my soul and my being. And I just remember, like, we spent, like, the first night apart. I think you were doing your thing in the city and whatnot, but... Well, when you took the, the, the program? When you took the program. When you went in and did that night that you were just saying with Red and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I said even say that weekend. Yeah. And I just remember, like, crying my eyes out because how free I felt. Mm. of like I did it I did something courageous I did something that really scared me and I know that I was going to work towards restoring our relationship because I just had faith that we would be together mm. and it was definitely a journey like <laughs> yeah, it wasn't going through that even though I then put myself into landmark moved back home and I was like I'm here like I'm here and obviously you have to go through your healing journey and I'm going to ask you, like, yeah. during that time period, what allowed you to keep your faith in our relationship? So divine. What a question. Enter Sam again. I was in Allen Heights, and I love that you just brought this right into the picture. I was in Allen Heights, one of my prayer uh, spots, and I was, I was distraught. I was distraught. I was living at my parents' house, literally in my immaturity and pride. Didn't take anything out of boxes. Was sleeping on the ground, on a couch, on a, on a, on a mattress. My dad offered to put the bed together for me. Like They wanted to do everything possible for me to have a comfortable experience. But for me and my pride and my ignorance and my arrogance, I said, no, I want to be out of here in three months. <laughs> that was what I was telling myself. Didn't happen in three months, more like three years. But I remember sitting and praying and it was very clear for me, like, I don't know what's next. I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, okay, my responsibility, do I want to be with Lauren, blah, blah, blah. And I remember crying. And this is where I think God just continues to sprinkle beauty of signs all around. I remember crying. And as I was crying, I had um, this, this very vivid, uh, this very vivid, like, view of owls all coming across my eyesight. Obviously that my mind making all that up, but for me in that moment it was like, whoa, like this is, this is happening for a bigger reason than I can understand at the moment. And I remember that night I said something along the lines of our relationship, Lord and I relationship is not going to be in vain for Sam's death. And with that, I mean, I, I saw that there was an opportunity for, for growth between Lauren and I, that was beyond anything I've ever done before and Sam passing away actually served as an anchor to make myself, not to make myself, but to choose to continue the relationship and do the best I can, unattached, fully committed, however, to making sure the relationship either worked or if it didn't work, at least I found my best in it. So I, that was a big thing. And I've told you this before, but I don't know if I've ever actually shared like the big no, piece of it. You didn't. It was a big emotional anchor for me. Wow. And and that allowed me to say, okay, this is this is not over. Our old relationship is over. The non-choosing is over. Let's see. 
Let's see what comes next. That obviously didn't just dissipate all the anger and the disappointment and the frustration that I felt. No, but it that was also very present, but it was it gave a new purpose. How did you thank you for sharing that? Because you never shared that with me in detail like that. That's mm-hmm. beautiful. It's interesting how our past experiences, even as ugly as they may be, they can just continue to support in so many ways as we evolve and grow. Yeah. So obviously what happened, like so many people tend to hold grudges. Yeah. Like I get that, you know, if this happened to you or you hurt a friend or something that's like, leave them, like, don't be with them. Like they did that to you. They kept it for me for a year. Like, how could you still be with them? So I get that you choosing that to really be with me is big, but how did you overcome the anger and the fear and the insecurity of me thinking that like, will I go do that again? Cause I'm sure those are common patterns. Like it happened once. Why can't it happen again? And what supported you in shifting that, that trust? Well, for one, you, you, you actually shared one of them, which is I was around a group of people that instead of validating and fortifying my story, again, my narrative, what should have not happened were there to help me see what actually did happen, which is the reality of me completely disconnecting from where I was at, which led to the actions that were taken. So what you just said is massive because landmark and specifically this program that I was going through at that time with the journey and the opportunity that really was given to me through what happened, it showed me that people around me, I needed to be very vigilant of who I was with because I too had those people that were like, F that, let's go out. And in fact, there were times where I did go out and it was like at a bar, it's like, this is so silly. This, this is not fun. <laughs> this is so not me. It's not who I am at all. In fact, I remember one of those times that I went out, I saw another one of my ex-girlfriends. I was like, oh, this is not where I want to be at the time at all. Which God bless. We have a, a, a decent relationship now. We don't talk frequently, but we do talk. We'll talk more about completion at different times. This conversation kind of encapsulates that. Which brings in how to get rid of this anger and fear. I felt it. I felt it. And I, and I felt it with the support of others. And I felt it with the support of others that were there to actually have me see the reality of what was so instead of what my story was. And in that space, again, the key word and responsibility in that word, I was challenged. Now, the challenge from then wasn't you have to stay in this relationship. The challenge from then was taking full ownership and responsibility for the situation. Who would you need to be to now make this work? Mm -hmm. Just mind the language. It's not who would you, what would you need to do for it to be good? No, who would I need to be for it to work? And that's when I started to realize that there were things for me to give up. There were things for me to take on. Things to give up, being right, Lauren being wrong. This was BS. Things to take on, okay, for responsibility, ownership. What can I now take on for myself to actually make this work? To be able to heal from all of that, time. Absolutely, time is part of the equation. But with time, a lot of people get caught up because in that time, and this is what you're saying before the grudges, that time can have the the grudge continue to fester, which is only the poison continuing to get stronger, which is only you continuing to demise yourself. For me, being able to be in a space where people were holding me to account as to what I did or didn't do, and then from there, for me to take the choice to be responsible for it, time supported me in healing. And it also supported me in seeing how many of my relationships in the past I never chose. 
because all of my relationships, serious relationships, I've had three total, Lauren being one of them, so two other ones, all of them, guess what? There was never a chosen date of when we actually became boyfriend-girlfriend. It was more like, oh, we're dating, I guess. Yeah. All of them. And I feel like that's very common, like, that people just, you know, they hit it off, and it's like, why do we need a date? But I think that sense of asking and there's a commitment there like it's actually like you're choosing that and I remember once when I think it was probably like five months went by when like I was like are we boyfriend and girlfriend like I really wanted to know but you were like I don't know what we are like yeah like it was hard to put anything on it not in the middle during the healing journey and I remember sitting in a Starbucks doing just like I think some work or something and you had this like epiphany like oh I've never chose you. Yeah. And it was in that moment where you like re-chose me as your girlfriend. Well, chose you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Okay, like yeah. Like, like, like chose <laughs> you. It's it's and again, just mind you, this wasn't like I just kind of this crazy insight. Like, no, through the support, the people around me yeah. and the work that I was doing through the grace of God, all of this was able to be open to me. Yeah. And, and it, that's when we really got to start our relationship. Like yeah. like actually like Yeah. Mind you, four years in about. Yeah, about. just crazy to think about. That's like when the real choice, and this is important because you were saying a lot of relationships start off like that. Now, mind you, I think that relationships are beautiful when they start out as as close friends that emerges into something deep romantic. However, now I realize that if there ever if there isn't a distinction, a moment where something is made different, then it blends, and when it blends, there's no knowing, there's no clarity. It's like when Lauren and I put a ring on that distinguished and symbolizes marriage we literally became new people Mm -hmm. like in the moment that the ring went on my finger and the ring went on her finger we became a whole new entity individually and collectively as boyfriend and girlfriend the same exact thing happens you may not put a ring on but the question of hey let's actually create a relationship together i see myself living with you and creating with you and sharing experiences with you and going through the muck with you i choose you yeah. And also choosing, yes, it means like creating all that, but it's also choosing the person of where they're at and their family and oh, like the, the. That's a conversation for marriage. That is. <laughs> but you are choosing all the good and all the bad. And I feel like a lot right now, a lot of relationships, and I've had many friend conversations and coaching conversations where we just, we have this lens that, the person that you're dating should be all figured out. Yeah. Like they should be healed from their traumas and they should just, you know, have everything solidified. They should be uh, in their full feminine or in their full masculine, healthy masculine. And I remember listening to a podcast episode and them sharing it was like a couple in their 70s. And someone asked them, like, what is the key to marriage? And they said that marriage the whole purpose of it is to grow mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. through all that and so i know i'm, I'm digressing a little bit but it's a great conversation um is everything good with the mics okay <laughs> we're outside so it's a little challenging to see like are our mics on honestly we thought that they were dead but anyway um oh what was i just about to say marriage um choosing the good and the bad the oh okay yeah together. so then we chose our relationship again well, we chose our relationship, and I booked a trip to go to Israel uh, for birthright, 
And this was like a pivotal point in my experience. And this is why I'm bringing it up because once again, I was tested. I was tested out there. Here I am. Like I chose Sebastian and like, I was like really like desiring to, um, create a life with him. And I had an intimate, not romantic, intimate connection with another man again. And it was like, whoa. Can you describe the intimacy? Because like people think of intimate, they think of like holding each other, kissing. Oh, yeah. No, not like that. Of just like where you feel like connected with someone where like you feel like my soul felt like it knew his soul. Mm. And like I wasn't attracted physically. It was more so of just like a deep sense of like, whoa, like this is beautiful. But in my mind, I was actually able to witness it instead of being like wanting to take it further to being like, wow, like this is the type of connections I desire from even the opposite sex. And I remember like battling with this or even not even battling, but really understanding this in my mind. And and Sebastian picks me up from the airport and then we go out to, to dinner and he was like, I decided while you were away I realized that I want to marry you yeah. and like you never ring or anything but in my mind I was like yeah I would love for that to happen but it was such a mind trip because this whole experience that I just had was like it just taught me so much of the difference between romantic and intimacy mm. And it was in that moment where I was like, wow, like, yes, like you are the person that has aligned values and who I really can see building my life with. And it's funny because I always knew that, like from the moment that we met each other, I know you don't have the same experience, but I just knew like he was going to be my husband. Like it was just, that was so. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> yeah, see, if Lauren would have told me that, as she knew, I probably would have had the same response that I did with Sam. Yeah. At that time. You bring up a key thing and where you're, we are um, almost at, well, 50 minutes, so. You're still listening. Thank you. Yes, this listening. has been fun to just talk about because we've never done it publicly like this. <laughs> so key what you shared before around relationships right now, where they think that I'm going to be with this person as long as. Mm. It's like, if this person does this, then I will. If they don't, then no. And that's not committing. It's like, if you're going to jump into a pool, you better expect to get wet. With that, I mean, you got to commit. And a lot of relationships, they commit until, or they commit if, or they will if. That's not a, that's not a relationship. And that may be hard for somebody to listen because maybe right now you find yourself in that position where you are that conditional. The condition of the if is what keeps you together. I was there. This is with Lauren and I. Like this whole relationship has been in the past, like I said, the first four years or so, conditional. It was action. It was not a choice. So if you're if you're in a relationship and you catch yourself with, oh, I'm not gonna be with this person because he hasn't grown up yet. Well, that's what a relationship is for. Mm-hmm. Like if you take a look at at the way in which things were in the past, and I'm not saying that we have to go back to the way things were in the past. But there is a sense of tribalhood and there's a lot of lessons we can get from the way in which things were. If you had, if you were growing with somebody, you were growing with them. But now we have this idea that, oh my God, this person's teeth are crooked. I don't like them. <laughs> or it's like, this is amazing. But, you know, they have this weird quirk that when they're eating. So I don't think I'm going to do that. I mean, I think it's even way deeper than that. Like, I'm just giving like the past, surface. Yeah, like, I'm giving the, the surface. 
it's like you know something that actually might be really serious like i don't know they're overusing their instagram or they're looking at other women on instagram you know like like there's some serious things and i think there's like a borderline of like how much are you willing to accept and how much are they willing to transform if they realize it's a pattern that doesn't serve them how can you be there to support them and also when is a red flag a red flag sure because sure. i don't want to be saying that you know being in a committed relationship means that you have to go through hell with that person no i think that it's important to take note of your values i yep. think i know we've talked so much on values and it really comes down to that like what do you guys value in your relationship and if they're not reaching those values, then it's something to reassess. Yeah. Like yeah. if you're with someone and you want to have kids and they don't, maybe yeah. it's time to reassess. And not yeah. just because it's comfortable, but like really taking into consideration the long term of how things are going to play out. Yep. But I think every relationship and every person is so different that it's hard to even put it in a box. Yeah. Right. It's it's so individual. And if I were to look back, I probably would have said that maybe we should have been separate at that time when yep. we were going through that and here we are and I'm grateful that we didn't so I think that God is always whether you believe in her or not that's this is just my belief like it's he's always making things good even if it's shitty it could always turn out good, the way it's meant to be yeah and again that's that's a stance of faith that's a stand of choosing to have that faith it's not necessarily truth which Lauren just said, like, she's sharing that from her perspective. So if that doesn't resonate with you, that's fine. This is just what we've chosen to step into because we know that there's going to be inevitable things that come up in life that we can't control. And it's in those moments, in those challenges where we can say, okay, this tribulation, this breakdown is taking place. Let me lean more on my creator and let me see what is going to come out of this. Yeah. Let me see what this can actually open up because a lot of what we experienced that was at one point a problem has become a blessing. It's giving us the space to be able to see things in new perspectives. And it's also giving us the ability to support others. Oh my gosh, similar. Yeah. I would say that is like the biggest thing. Like at that time, I didn't know why this was happening. I didn't, there was so much, so much guilt, so much shame. And I, for a long time, couldn't talk about this because mm -hmm. I just couldn't. Um, but the amount of people that I've been able to support in their relationship or just their personal journey because this happened, I'm like, oh, that's why this happened. It's not just for me. It's to be a support to other people. And I realize how I'm not the only person that goes through it. And so if you're also in a position in your relationship and you're just not really understanding why it's happening to you, I encourage you just to continue to have faith. Like you may not understand why things are happening the way they are, but looking back, the dots will always connect. They may not connect in a straight line, <laughs> but they will connect. And there's always a purpose for everything. Yeah, yeah there's, there's, yeah, let's, it's a big conversation. It is. And, and I think so much. there's so much more to continue to dive into, but maybe we'll do a part two because mm -hmm. I think we went over a lot about our past and how we, how it's molded to where we are now. And next episode, we can talk a little bit more about, yeah where we are currently and and how we've been able to use these tools and these healing processes to really stand on a firm foundation of course for sure so because we needed to create we needed to create new agreements and, yeah and this is we'll leave it for part two how we were able to recreate a whole new relationship once the old one was dead and agreements was a is a key part of that to this day 
Yeah. Lauren mentioned before values. I, I think that, and this for some people doesn't fall properly and I totally get it. If I look at my relationship like a business or a business transaction, it makes it much more objective for me to take a look at. So like mission, vision, values. If they're not aligned in, my, in, in, in this relationship, back to what you were saying before, someone's going through the muck, take a look. Is, is the other person aligned with them? Explore that for yourself. And if you can create really the sense of clear agreements and clear values and clear, clear compass, then maybe it's in alignment with you. Yeah. So we'll definitely go deeper into that on part two of yes, this conversation. And again, just really appreciate for those who've tuned in to the last bit of this as it's a very vulnerable conversation and um, we'd love to just hear your thoughts and what you've gained from it. Any feedback is always welcome. And thank you for listening and allowing me to just share my journey as it's been one that has really been challenging in many ways. However, it's supported me to who I am today. And so thank you for listening and giving me that space to share my heart. Yeah. And thank you, Sebastian, for continuing to have faith and to have forgiven me from the past. I'm grateful to be on this journey with you. Me too, baby. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. I love you. I appreciate you. Thank you for your openness. This conversation alone could easily be uh, an area of value and a light for people in darkness. So thank you for stepping out of your comfort zone and stepping beyond uh, what you were to who you can be and who you are for so many people. Because this conversation, I truly am with the faith, is going to reach somebody and it's going to support them in big, big ways. So thank you for being open, exploring it together, and thank you for listening. See you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to follow, like, and subscribe to stay updated on future episodes. And we would love to know how you enjoyed today's episode by leaving us a review. We look forward to continuing this journey of self-discovery and connection with you. And we'll see you on the next episode. Much love.